and welcome to episode 13 of Critical Twits. This week we're going to be discussing how to get yourself started in the tabletop role-playing game hobby. Yay. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Ravitsky. And I'm Colin Howard. Uh, before we get started, let's have some news. Morse code and some, and some tramadol for Aaron. He's far too excited. Um, now we're not going to make any pretensions to being a, uh, a news site, but what we will do uh, when we remember—I was going to say every week—we might be lying—is yeah. um, have a look through um, the latest uh, board game, video game, and tabletop role-playing game news and share with you anything that we find particularly interesting or particularly funny. Yeah. Uh, this week then, uh, starting with uh, role-playing games, I have backed the Mutant GenLab Alpha Kickstarter that has just uh, been released ooh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I think it's got started. Said, yeah. Yes. Um, that will probably be a week and a couple of days ago. Obviously. Yes, out, but... yeah, so it's start right at the beginning of February or the very end of January. Yeah. Uh, goes through to the end of February. Uh, and it's a follow-up to Mutant Year Zero, uh, which if you scroll down or left or sideways, oh. depending on where you're looking at where we are, <laughs> um, you'll be able to see our special. Um, what do we think of Mutant Year Zero? It's amazing. We love it. We do. And so I dove in straight away. Uh, I'm not the only person in our gaming group to have backed it, in actual fact. No. Uh, which means that we're going to have two copies of the rule book. That doesn't surprise and me a, one bit. No. And because we went for the highest Kickstarter values, the uh, Kickstarter pledge levels, we're also going to have a grand total of four copies of Mutant Year Zero around the table as well. Because they... That might actually be <laughs> handy, yes, since me and Aaron don't buy rule books for anything. No, because no. we're cheap, cheap, no, it's cause tawdry little men. We can't read. But we've heard there's nice pictures in there. So you're really good like at interpretive dance. So, yeah. you know, swings and roundabouts, really. It's the beard. Mm. It's, it's odd that we decided to do podcasting rather than video reviews based on our uh, skills, but hey. that's because of our faces. Your good sexual point. dancing <laughs> is a language entirely your own. <laughs> uh, yes, so Mutant uh, Gen Lab Alpha is set in the same universe. It's compatible with Mutant Year Zero, uh, but can also be played as a standalone game with its Ooh. own meta plot. So it has its own built-in campaign. Cool. Um, and it has sort of crossover rules for introducing the... Um, the characters from there into a mutant campaign and vice versa. Uh, okay. Year Zero campaign, sorry, and vice versa. Need to stop calling mutant Year Zero mutant. Because there's a... going to be two mutants now. Yeah. Ah. Well, there's already <laughs> mutant chronicles as well, isn't yes, there? Yes, yeah, like I think they've gone with mutant as being sort of the brand name and then yeah. they're given these different sort of spins. Um, it's all based around um, a group of mutated animal creatures. So. Uh, Island of Dr. Moreau style Usagi Yojimbo type Yeah, humanoid animals Are you essentially saying a post-apocalyptic animal crossing? Yes Yes <laughs> Excellent, right Now that, um, that if, if that was a thing I would buy a DS immediately um, There is some absolutely amazing artwork out there It's not You, you say you know humanoid animals or animalistic humanoids um, and you think that's Oh that's quite Twee, we don't think that, Colin. Shush. Uh, you think it's going to be quite twee, quite silly. Uh, no, the artwork is dark and gritty and exactly the same style as Mutant Year Zero, so they're using scavenged uh, items as, as clothing, they're kind of battered and beaten. There's a really, really nice picture of, well, I say nice picture, it's quite harrowing, of the people who run 
the paradise that they live in, yeah. um, which isn't really a paradise, but that's what they call yeah, it, yeah. Um, being uh, held down and operated on by very sort of strange robotic assailants. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, it does look amazing and, um, yeah, yes. scary. It, it's one of the few times I've seen an anthropomorphic animal and gone... Yeah. Oh, he's in, in shit. Yeah. Like, actually, I kind of felt sympathy, not like, oh, he's a cartoon, this is funny, because he'll explode with confetti or something when they, they cut him open. They sent me a moose with a baseball bat <laughs> right. as one of the Kickstarter things. They just went, here's a picture of a moose! And it looked amazing. <laughs> it had goggles on, and it's, yeah, it looked ready to kick everyone on the backside. A lot of this pictures that oh, I mentioned you, Saki, Jimbo, because it just reminds me of that... Um, uh, the, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 80s comic and mm. things like it's something you pres- present almost as cartoon really grim and dark and it's, it's a nice contrast yeah, it yes. works really well and you could probably with a little bit of twisting do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the roleplay game from it as well if you Can really we? wanted to um, <laughs> if you're good Okay. Um, so yes. No. Just, 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 just no. You lo- used to love turtles. No. You did. You told me that Donatello was your favourite because he was a nerd like you. No. You did. Do you not remember that? No. Charles Collins got all shy. I, I, I preferred Leonardo because he reminded me of the painter. They're all painters. All... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, at, the, at the time of my childhood, Leonardo well, was the only one I'd heard of. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so yes, um, just a bit of news that that's come out. Um, it's a combination again of Modiphius publishing it in the UK. Yeah. Um, and very good with these kind of things. Across, yes, um, we we like them. Um, and the Free League or the Freier Ligen, um from its uh, native Sweden. Uh, the translation is apparently already done, so they're really just after the money to print up the books and send them out. Cool. Uh, they've already passed ten stretch goals. In three days. Um, so please, well, can you go and um, give them lots of money so that we can unlock the. I think it's a few more down, uh, but it puts all of the extra sectors that they've unlocked into a nice little paperback book. Ooh. And I really want it. So give them money, please. <laughs> cool. That's it. That's that's just my yeah. role play game news. Um, in board game news, Plaid Hat Games. Or plaid hat. Have we decided how that's pronounced? I still it? think it's plaid. It's plaid, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even want to attempt to pronounce it, to be honest. <laughs> pronounce what, Colin? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> what specifically? <laughs> uh, yes, plaid hat games have released a an expansion come sequel for Dead of Winter called Dead of Winter The Long Night, Ooh. which is a, again, it's a standalone game but also acts as an expansion, so you can mix the two if you like. I like this this new thing seems to be happening with things at the minute. Yes, because you can dive in if you like the look of the new thing, Yeah, without having to buy the old thing as well. Yeah, yes. It's quite nice. I, I do like that. Yeah. And then you can go back and buy the old thing as well if you like it. Yeah. Um, yes, so um, that's come, coming out. It's got brand new survivors, uh, brand new cards, new event deck, lots and lots of shiny new things. Uh, and some variants on the rules and such like. Cool. Uh, looks, I think that's one of my favourite games of, well, ever, really, yeah, Dead yes. of Winter. Apart from the ninja. Apart, yes, the yeah. poor ninja. Poor ninja. <laughs> Kenneth Cho? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. He never made it. Yeah, the ninja always died. We had three consecutive games where the ninja died in his first yeah. move in the first round. 
That's what it means. So when we go, oh, we could fight really well. Let's throw him at things. Yeah, and he never even made it to the things because he died on the way. Yeah. I think he was a ninja and he just slipped away, never to be seen again. Yes. But fuck this shit. There's zombies everywhere. Let's go home. Yeah, let's, let's go Where, back. Wherever ninjas live. Um, feudal Japan. Yes. In his time machine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, very excited. Looking forward to that. Um, it's being released at one of the big American board game conventions and then should be available quarter three, September, October time. It's oh, a bit of a long way away, away but, um, but you can go, you can see uh, they've just started releasing details and yeah. such like, so I'm quite excited for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, finally then, video game news and uh, sad times for all the backers of Ant Simulator on Kickstarter. Yeah. Ant Simulator. It's where you simulate an ant. Like like the, the, the old game on... I think it was like the PC, the snares of things, where you, you, you ran an ant in an ant colony. And I it, have no idea. Oh, Sid Meier's Ants or something like that. Yes, yeah, called. there was. Ants or... Yeah, I think that yeah. might have been. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, right. Yes, kick-started with the promise of... Basically, they were going to... Show give you videos on how to make a game using the game Ant Simulator as the game, and then release the game. Okay. Uh, raised $5,000 or so on Kickstarter. Yeah, and awesome. I will now quote for you the headline from Kotaku.co.uk. Yeah, Indie dev cancels game, says co-workers stole money for booze and strippers. <laughs> <laughs> To well, be fair, if you are going to steal money, it might as well be for boosted strippers. Now, I hasten to add that the, the chap um, in question, Eric Tereshinsky, um, his two um, co-publishers have replied denying the charges and saying that the money that they spent was a business expense. <laughs> perfectly covered in what they're doing and now typical strip is a business expense I mean if you're in the Wolf of Wall Street yeah so. they were talking about his businessman then yes technically yeah. but yeah. As, um, as a modern mainly developing games. company they, I can't imagine how well um, a stripper jiggling her body parts at you really helps with the creative if you're process. making dead uh, or alive uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> god oh I'm sorry I've just been sick in my mouth hey that might be my paycheck one day that <laughs> might pay for my uni loans what's really worrying is if they're actually going in it for realistic jiggle physics why are they making ant simulator are they planning on making sexy ants mm. Oh, oh, that's a new twist on. She's showing her thorax. (laughs) Maybe it's James Cameron's, uh, you know, next movie after Avatar. I've done blue people. Now we'll have tiny ants. I suppose the sexiest part of the strip is when they sort of take the stockings down the leg, and you've got three times as much sexiness (laughs) in an ant. Well, I made Colin snore. Victory. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just. um, I suppose I shouldn't have followed up the back things on Kickstarter with a tale of a terrible no. Kickstarter. So now for the main feature, how to get started in the hobby of tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. Uh, because we talk quite a lot about tabletop role-playing games, but we, we do know they're probably not... A, it's not a huge hobby. No. It's had its... Well, I suppose it's popular heyday. Yeah, and it's starting to make its way back. I mean, YouTube and things like that have definitely made a, it come back into 
public eye a bit better and people are more aware of it. Yeah, and we were talking last week about how sort of the rise of indie publishing and yes. all that kind of thing has yeah, made it. And any any fit concept you want to actually have a try of playing a game, yes. you, you've got something out there for you now. Yeah. yeah. To get started um, on it isn't necessarily the most non-daunting thing. It can, yeah. be, it can seem very scary, yeah. even though it's not. And... I'd also say hopefully we're going to give enough sort of tips and ideas for people that even if you have played before, um, hopefully we can give you something to uh, to work on or to incorporate into your games. Yeah, certainly. Um, I've been playing tabletop roleplay games for 15 years. Wow. Colin? Oh God, I've asked Colin to do numbers. You did. Uh, 37 loaves of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Four score and seven years. It's been ago. four terabytes since I started playing. <laughs> uh, I actually think it's been about ten years for me. Well, when I joined you in the group, I think I was eighteen, roughly. How long have you been tabletop role playing? Two. I only started with you guys. Years. Really? Yeah. Did you never have a go before? Not really. I had. The gateway try yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's like, well, oh, I was old when I did it. <laughs> 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 um, no, I had to kind of gateway things. Um, well, flesh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it still fits with the virginity yeah. thing. No, um, <laughs> we used to play. Um, I used to play Warhammer Quest. Okay, yeah. Which had kind of role playing yes, elements in it. Yeah. We particularly did. Like, mm. we took the whole traveling to town and acting in character as certain things. But we. It was more like if we made decisions for the character, we wouldn't necessarily have conversations as such, completely yeah. in character and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, role so, playing light. Yeah, sort so. of on the cusp. You played, so yes, uh, tabletop role playing games when you sit round a table, be it a physical table or a virtual table on the internet, yeah. and you <laughs> tell a story together, essentially. Yeah. Now, there are all sorts of uh, different types of role playing games that, that go from the pure storytelling. Uh, with very very few rules mm-hmm. and quite a free form structure to, all the way up to something that's very heavily combat based uh, yeah. where actually you spend the majority of your time murdering people or bad things yeah. goblins as it may be which is the one most people would be probably yes. aware of because that's how they use most games yes role, <clears throat> role playing games started way back in the 60s very late 60s with mm. uh, Gary Gygax's uh, Dungeons and Dragons mm. um, sort of the father of role playing games and that came from people who were collecting miniatures yeah uh, and wanted a rule system to do battle with them, but maybe not huge battles with huge armies or collecting huge units. Yeah. Instead, buying one of these and one of those and one of that because it looks cool. And yeah. I want a dragon. And I want a manticore. Yeah. Um, so the origins of the hobby started with that wargaming style. Yeah. Where it was mostly about um, your statistics and. Um, combat. Yay, numbers. Numbers, woo! God, we love numbers. So, um, the hobby was a little bit tricky to get into in that the rules were quite difficult at those yeah. times. Um, uh, they were very much focused on combat and earning loot. A little bit like playing Diablo now. Yes. For instance. Um, but more and more people got into the character side of it and you'd become the character and you would speak as your character when you were around the table and you would uh, 
you'd be invested in their personal goals and those sorts of things. And you've ended up with, even now modern D&D has stuff to guide you through that and has more emphasis on um, the social interaction as well. Yeah. Um, but you can go for games, as I said, that are pure storytelling, almost pure combat or anywhere in between. There's, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of different roleplay systems out there. Yeah. Um, especially now with the advent of the PDF uh, and internet downloads, because yeah. uh, you don't need to print a load and try and get your money back. You can get something old, update it a bit, stick it back out there. Yeah. Um, you can release online only. Um, you can release your source books and your updates online. Yeah. Um, so, should we describe a typical roleplay session? We're yeah. going to. We're actually going to play a game of Fiasco. Yes. Uh, which is a freeform-ish storytelling-based game. Yeah. With very limited rules because as much fun it is as it is to roll a dice, it doesn't, it's not the best for the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a seven. Yeah, clack clack. Oh look, clack, it's clack, a clack, twenty clack, clack. again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had a player like that, <laughs> which we might talk about that. Um, so a typical <clears throat> role playing session will start with you'll generally have one player who is known as the DM, or dungeon master, or storyteller. Um, I always called them the GM. What was your first called Games Master GM. Because yeah. yeah. really I'm old school. Like yeah, that. DM Dungeon Master is from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, GM was used for other systems, wasn't it? Because yeah. you were playing a game and needed to be in charge of it. Mm. Yes, that um, makes more sense. They will they will describe a scene. They will set a scene to you uh, to the players, and then the players will describe what they want to do. Yeah. And any time there's some kind of random chance or forces come into conflict, so you're trying to hit the orc. And the orc is trying to get out of the way. Now that uh, is racist. You are resolved using dice, using dice space <laughs> systems of varying complexity. Not by throwing them at the orc, but by rolling them. Yeah. Yes. So the, the GM, the, uh, the person running the game, acts as the arbiter. Yeah. But it's not a competitive game, and I can't stress this enough. Yeah. Um, and this brings me to my first problem player, which is the bad DM that thinks he has to kill everyone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is an exception to this player. Mm-hmm. This work, I think, would work okay if you're playing a singular session of something. If okay. you're playing one evening of gameplay, having the GM being quite aggressive at you and trying to murder you the entire time will be fine. As long as there's some way of you coming back in and playing the game. Yes, there is a difference. I agree with that in a way that if you're playing a small one session off or a couple of sessions, getting killed doesn't matter. But deliberately trying to kill the entire party so that they can't win is not a good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. idea is that you work together to have fun telling the story. Yes. Um, and a part of that fun as being a DM is to put challenges in their way so that players feel good when they've overcome them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but those challenges could be a combat, they could be a riddle, they could be a social situation they need to manoeuvre their way through. Yeah, that can turn um, into a combat if it goes horribly wrong. Mm. That's happened more than once. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I, it happens nearly every week. That's because we're uh, pretty much yeah. <laughs> joyously bad at social interaction. Hence the reason we talk to the internet over a podcast yes yes so we can't see their faces <laughs> all their eager faces looking up at us <laughs> our brains with wisdom i'm actually sweating slightly in <laughs> yeah trying to murder the entire party yeah, yeah. it's, it's a co- co- cooperative story lord yeah. of the rings would not be fun if the entire fellowship died horribly 
No, um, halfway through. In the middle of Moria. Yeah. yeah. And Sauron just went, I win! I win! You lose! <laughs> Where's the fun in that? Yeah. That Boromir getting killed sometimes yes, yeah. that can enhance a story and in fact give you more plot points yeah. later on. And yes. I've seen, I've, I've played games with people that are much more into the combat side of things that actually the DM will be fair but they will put very hard challenges in the way. Yeah. And if you die, well, that's kind of your own fault. And they cycle through characters quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I've also played games where people have literally burst into tears because their character has died. So each group kind of negotiates its own way through. And your choice of game and your, your discussions um, there will kind of guide you. Yes. Yeah. Now, I suppose what you, what do you need to play? You need a set of rules. Yeah, yeah. You might need some dice or some cards or an chin or a tarot deck or whatever it is that the game uses. Yeah. to board. Generally, a set of dice. Jenga tower. There is a, there is one out there that uses a Jenga tower. Yes, is there really. Yes. Every yeah. time you've got a dangerous challenge, you've got to pull a toll mm. from the Jenga tower. That if it collapses, sounds like dead. fun. Yeah, if it collapses, you die. You fail the challenge in such a way that you die horribly. Yes, that's brilliant. What's that called? I can't remember for the life of me. Insert name here. Okay. Cut yourself out and just have you give me the answer. Yeah, okay. Oh, excellent. That's great, Aaron. I should have a go at that. That's so That's excellent, Aaron. <laughs> well done, buddy. Good memory. <laughs> um, uh, yes. So... Um, you need rules, you need whatever it is to resolve those conflicts. Um, in Fiasco, who we were about to play, there is no system for resolving conflict. No. It's quite freeform in that way. Keep saying that word, should stop it. Um, and you need some people to play with. Now, I have played roleplay games uh, one-on-one. Yeah. Because uh, I had I set up a session and everyone went to sleep, so <laughs> me and my friend just stayed up all night and I ran through... A different session that I made up on the floor. Oh, okay. The best sessions ever. It was oh, great. Yeah. Um, did it as a prequel to the game that we were running at the time. Yeah. So really fleshed out his background and, and all that kind of oh, thing. Okay. Uh, and yeah, then I actually, killed him last. Yeah. <laughs> also, I could see that working. When you first said it, I was like, that sounds like the dullest thing ever. But no, yeah. I could see that really working, yeah. actually. Um, you will also... The main ingredient is, is those people... Generally, you're looking for four or five, maybe six people. I've seen games being run with eight people around the table, mm. and generally, you don't get much sort of time in the spotlight. Uh, things get very confused. Everyone's contradicting each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you need a quiet, a quiet space. Yeah, with a table generally, um, so you can roll yeah. dice and store your snacks. You should sit on the table. That's bad manners. You need chairs for that. Aaron. Chairs. <laughs> Or a chaise lounge. I just that's like the idea of everybody sort of casually leaning on the table, going, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna murder that orc's family." Cool. Now that is racist. <laughs> and you need jazz, lots of jazz. We never role play without jazz. <laughs> and, and sound effects. Um, there's <laughs> lots of other things that you could have. You could yeah. have maps. You could have music. You have sound effects. Um, you can have miniatures. Some games use miniatures. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, for instance, we quite often use miniatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, you just need people. Yes, That's bits of paper, pen, pen, pencils, and some rubbers. 
That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the fiasco game we're about to play, we have 12 dice in two different colours. We've got a pen each, yeah, so bits of paper, and the it. book. That's yeah. it. That's all we need to actually have uh, a game. Um, one of my favourite things about role-playing is you might think it's expensive. If you look at Dungeons & Dragons, you need three books. They're about £25, £30 each. Yeah. If I think, how many hours of... 3.5 D&D, so the three, three and a half edition of oh, God. Dungeons & Dragons. How many hours of that game have we played? Well, we did once a week, back when we had no lives mm. and therefore more time to roleplay. We did about eight hours a week, every <laughs> week, and you were doing it before I joined in, but we, I did it for about six years with you. Yes. So and you did it for longer before so then. Two and a half thousand hours of entertainment for sixty pounds each. That 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 also kind of makes me sad inside. Yeah. So when you look at something like you go, oh, all that four is great. Uh, great hours. Value, Eighty hours, a hundred hours for sixty quid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nothing sure. compared to a good a good role playing game. Yes. Um, fiasco. The and game it costs about fifteen pounds, and I already had the dice. Yeah, uh, but even yep. a set of dice is hardly anything uh, less than twenty pounds. No, uh, there's systems like Pathfinder where you can get the majority of the stuff for it. Well, the stuff you need it for a bare bones game for free. Yes, the open game licensed stuff. Yeah, yep. it's yep. available. Um, Again, you might want the books because it's nice and shiny. Yeah. It looks fair, but yeah. yeah, and that's entertaining multiple people as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure you guys would get bored sitting there with me watching me play Fallout. Give me a go. I want to shoot a monster. Yeah. Um, but in a role play game, everyone's involved. Yes. Uh, you might need to pick someone, probably the person either who uh, has played the most or owns the rules and therefore has read it the most. Yes. Uh, if get your game requires a dungeon master, uh, if possible, getting in with someone who's already played before to guide you through um, is good. Yeah. If not, there's some really good. Most games will have an example of how it should work in the beginning. Yeah. We're going to give you an example in our next podcast, yeah. uh, which we're going to record straight after this while we're in the mood. Um, but there's also loads of videos of people playing online now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was say when because it's Pathfinder when I started with your group, I yes. watched a selection of videos with the guy um, introducing his other half to the system and oh, um, going through the book and oh, them did you do that before you came and joined our group yeah because I was quite it's so, it can be quite daunting because yeah. most people's impressions of role playing has come yeah. from seeing stuff like Dungeons and Dragons where there's rules everywhere they don't want to be sitting there going yeah. I don't, I've rolled some dice what does that mean that's yeah. what I did for six years <laughs> you still do that <laughs> well, that's true I don't ask why I've embraced that I always feel sorry for you now Aaron because you looked at these videos and then I was just mental at you for an entire night <laughs> yeah, <very> <laughs> We might need to move it, but do you want to share your first experience of role So, yeah, um, quite obviously invited to come play with you guys. It was uh, Brian and Colin there, and two of us. Shall I mention names? Because yep. not very yes, but so two. So it's a small group of us, and we're all using, was it the Gump system? GURPS. GURPS. General, is it a generic universal role-playing system? That's yeah. what it stands for. Which 
I didn't need to really know much for, just put some dots and things and roll some dice. Yeah, was, um, the advantage was, I mean, I knew the system and I was running the yes, game, yeah. so I just guided you through, I told you what you needed to roll when. Yeah. Uh, which is a great way to teach someone, is actually just to get them to play. Yes. Yeah. Get get stuck in, have a go, work it out as you go along. We sat down and created the, uh, the universe, in essence, because we'll do a sci-fi setting for that one. Um we all sat down and went, okay, we want it to work a little bit like this, we want things to happen like there, we want our characters, I've got to create this character like this, so I'm going to try and do this. It's quite yeah. nice. I was playing um, like a working class thug, I suppose, Yeah. Um, who had kind of worked as a bounty from odd jobs and was going to, was it Mars or the Moon? It was the Moon. 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 We were colonising the moon. moon. Yeah. Um, try and look because more profit and money to be made there. Yeah. There was a sort of a Cold War going on where one side was building on dark side of the moon yeah. and one side was building on the other side of the moon <laughs> yeah. don't even know if that's possible I don't know I'm not not yeah. super, ke- well, super keen I'm not super clued up on the moon Yeah, I was for about a day when I was working <laughs> this stuff out yeah <laughs> yeah. so yeah so everybody led me through it was a matter of sitting down and going what kind of things are sound interesting mm. and talking about that mm. and then making a character I thought I could probably pretend to be for a yeah. little while yeah. so I played something simple so we didn't have to talk too much just in case I felt nervous um, Aww. yeah and and then Colin proceeded to be incredibly odd at me for the entire game because he was playing slightly um, slightly mentally ill elderly gentleman <laughs> um, yeah. who my character I, I kind of felt so, I was getting more and more into my character I felt incredibly sorry for because he's <laughs> yeah. dawdling through life and yeah. he's somebody protecting this is a great example of Different playstyles, and there's no playstyle that's more valid or less valid than others. Um, <laughs> the disclaimer here. <laughs> some people get really into their characters, yeah, and um, everything they say at the table is their character. Yes, um, and yeah, we've done that. We've played we that way. That. Yeah, um, we used to have a special hand signal involving putting a fist on top of our heads. Yes, uh, in order to show that we were speaking out of character. A nice system to encourage us to be in character, so we'd assume that everything was said in character. Yes. Um, there is sometimes with role play. I don't know. You meet. You meet the. You're on the bridge. The troll is blocking the bridge, and you turn around to the guy next to you and say, "Well, maybe we should kill him." Now, did you say that out of character? At which point, how are your characters communicating? Yeah. So that the bridge doesn't hear. Yeah. And if you did say it. Well, surely if it hears you, it's going to be annoyed with you. Yes, the troll is not understand your language. Particularly pleased. It, it's, so it, it was a nice well. way of dealing with that kind yeah. of ambiguity that there is. Yes. In the, I in found the doing that when I first joined the session, because again, not used to play acting in essence yeah. for yeah. it, that it forced me to consider things a bit more. Yes, and not just go, oh, I kind of fancy doing this while sat there and just think about it. Yeah. Actually, be the character more. It really helped me get involved and. Yeah, engaged in So I, I would suggest that before you get going, you just have a quick conversation about how you want to handle those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, how you would, what you're expecting from the game, because you might find that some people are really wanted into the storytelling, and some people are really into the combat. Yes. Um, and actually, the group I run for and play as part of that you two are in. Yeah. I would say we've got. Two extreme storytellers. Yeah. One extreme rules monster <laughs> and two people that sit in the middle. Yeah. 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 Who are they? Oh God. Story is well, well so you you're the other engaged 
story. Yeah, yeah. meet yeah. our story. Um, story. Um, where do you two think you sit? I'm more in the middle. Yep, I put you in I, the middle. Yeah, so I find the storytelling and stuff like that, but it depends on how awake I am at the time. Yeah, but you also, time. you go, oh, I've been doing this. Ha ha, a handful of dice occasionally. Yes, you, you yeah, I, I get quite impatient. Oh, I can do a... I can do something cool. Thing. You really like your mutations. Yes, I do. For instance, yeah, and not sort of necessarily in a story way, but in a fucking blasted that thing and it died. Look at that thing explode. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. To Colin. Story. Yeah. Colin's the story, man. Colin, yeah. Colin. I, like I always feel like you're, 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 Yeah, because you yeah. always make interesting characters that are quirky yeah. with the story. They just want and to have a nice time, and I always. You seem to accidentally me. break the rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not, you're not going through going on. I genuinely think when you were leveling up that ranger, you would open up the book and look until you found a feat that looked okay, then you close the book and write it down. Yeah. You wouldn't read ahead, you wouldn't plan ahead, and nope. you didn't break it on purpose, because you don't really care about that. No, it was just more fun to play a person. You were thinking, yeah. how can I be weird? Yes. How can I do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's like, in fact, my or, oh, you know, monstrous humanoid bow, which I killed for use for giants, mm. wasn't because I knew we were fighting giants, because I went, I am a ranger, and I hunt giants down. Therefore, I will have a, a ranger hunting bow, because, not because... Game-wise, but because story-wise, of course I would have that. Yeah, the same yeah. way which you built your Tyranid, uh, destroying army in uh, Warhammer 40k. 40K yeah. when, well, it doesn't matter what I'm playing against, they're going to have the Tyranid perk, because yeah. that's what they're built for. Yeah, that make, yeah game-wise, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can see that perfectly. Yeah, so I, I, I consider yeah. Colin my fellow story monkey. Yeah. Um, and then... I think about the between the two of us, we probably shouted at one another. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. role-play yeah. games, when an um, NPC says something stupid or we don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have people that are getting really into character around yeah. the table. Um, and yes, Colin and I have shouted at each other. Yeah. I remember standing in your living room and saying that I would um, burn you and send you back to hell. I declared you a blasphemous beast and roared in your face. <laughs> yep. Because you were playing a demon at the time and I was playing an inquisitor. Yep. yep. And I was, yeah, and I screamed back that actually it was all for the greater good and can, control was better than free will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Right. Actually, I think some of the other party were actually quite concerned because yeah. we both were standing up screaming at one yeah. another. And it was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I actually had a moment with um, a friend of ours um, who I rang his character a cyberpunk game yeah. his character was on a rooftop uh, waiting to snipe someone in the dead of night um, with a gun that could see through walls because that's cool yeah. cyberpunk yeah. and his phone went off and it was his ex-wife asking why he hadn't been around to pick the kids up <laughs> <laughs> and I generally we, we had a break right after that scene because I thought he was going to kill me and it was just because he was so in his ca- into yeah. character, he got so like menaced in the character, and just like was glaring. It was like, no, go up, no, and got really angry. Yeah. And then I said, we, we cut, and I went, cool, we have a, a break. He, are you? All right? I didn't overstep the line or anything there. Um, and that we'll come to that in a second. Um, I didn't cross a line. He went, no, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, I, I hate her. It's <laughs> next week. I'm meant to have the kids. <laughs> um, and actually, yeah. one way I've known I've, I've come come from spotting this is that again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. People that are really into their playing their characters will say, "I do this. Yeah. I charge the orc. Yeah. I pick up the gem from the altar. I fire my sniper rifle through the wall." Yeah. Um, but people that aren't as much into it will say character name does this yeah Jeff will go over there 
Conan will do this. Yeah. Exilion, conqueror of worlds, will go over there. And they will, they will do well, that. that could work either way, because they might just be able to be up Carol well, and actually, talk to themselves. Sorry, it's Excelsior, Conqueror of Worlds. <laughs> That's better. Who I know were, a few people talk about themselves in third person. Um, so. I played Excelsior, Conqueror of Worlds. Yeah. He was a second level tiefling thief. <laughs> he just claimed to be Excelsior, Conqueror of Worlds. <laughs> yeah. And was really yeah. good at lying to people. <laughs> yeah. And people left him alone. Yeah. Walked around with a stick. He dressed as a wizard, but he just like nicked your purse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Going back to um, kind of arguing in character, mm. almost a little bit. I mean, again, but going back to that first game session I did yeah. when we went into the kitchen at one point to do the checkpoint checks. Yes. Yeah. And oh, we had. I, I I stopped because I wanted to carry on because I wasn't used to it. I'd started getting a little bit into character at one point and started having an actual argument with. Brian's character, um, who was trying to check me over despite me not having anything, yeah. and had already dragged Colin's character away into a cell, into a cell which had annoyed me because it was a doddery old man who'd just been dragged off quite cruelly. <laughs> Again, in character, and I started having this argument. And I got about a halfway point, and Brian stopped, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is all right. It's fine. I'm not actually angry, but I, like in character, I was. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know if I was. Over- I felt like I might have been overstepping the bounds, like I'd been." And that's great. There's that emotional engagement yeah. with what you're doing. It's Whether really it's good. the joy of killing the dragon and that's what you're into. Yeah. And you're like, yes, those feats I took 13 levels ago are finally paying off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that could be really fun at times. Or it's, haha, I, I, I feel like I'm someone else. The joy of acting, there can be, yeah. in a lot of groups, a lot of acting, a lot of improvisation, a lot of being a different character involved. Yeah. Again, things that groups will work out as they go along. If you join a new group, so if you've not played and we've convinced you to have a go and you might know someone who plays, you might know some of us, you might want to come and play with us. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Hi, Mum! Um, <laughs> that was your first thing you ever said on our podcast. Is it Hi, yeah. Mum? Yeah, no one will listen to this. Hi, Mum. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd, <laughs> I'd mention that. That should be your catchphrase. Yes. Uh, no, your catchphrase no. is no. No. No, no it is. Yes. My catchphrase is excellent. <laughs> and Aaron's. Disappointed not size. Hard yeah. <laughs> Aaron's is we're going to have to cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Which you never hear because he cuts it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, so you might join a, a group that already exists. You might need to just discuss with them what their table style is, what they do, yeah. how they play. Um, if you're starting a new group, you kind of make these things as you go, but you might want to discuss them first. How will you deal with what they call metagaming? So bringing knowledge that your you as a player might have, but your character wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with that character and in-character conversations? Yeah. Uh, that hand-on-the-head thing is quite useful. Yeah, it I is. Found. It might sound stupid, but it's not, not when help. you're doing it. It is you know, the actual action itself is stupid, but that kind of helps because it it makes you feel like I don't want to do this unless I need to. Yeah, so you concentrate more on being the character, which helps with the roleplay. We used to roleplay so much that whenever I would utter an aside in real life, my hand would start to come towards my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, not good. <laughs> so yeah, so you just need some players. Yep. Who are roughly on the same page, know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone to run the game generally. Yeah. Um, your resources, your rules, your dice, etc., etc. And you're good to go. Yeah. Now, it will feel strange to start with. 
Yes. All good things do. You need to relax and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's role playing with us anymore, are they? No. We no. just role play together. We've, I'm very relaxed now. Guys. We've lost our entire group now. <laughs> that, oh, if we could look at the stats, that's the moment when everyone stops, uh, stops listening to it. But no, you said like you felt awkward to start with. Yes. Because it is unusual. There's oh, not. I know. I did. But I'm sure we all, when we were kids, pretended to be other people. Yeah. Had conversations yeah. with imaginary friends and imaginary things. Yeah. And argued over who got to be the pink Power Ranger. No, no, who got to destroy the Martians in War of the Worlds. Yes. <laughs> God, your school was high class. Well, there was only three of us that played. We were out. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Fight> me, boy. <laughs> Did you have to hide beneath the church, waiting, knowing your day would one day come? We did have one. Ooh-la! We did have an entire break time, hid in the bush out the back, hiding. <laughs> because we, the world was coming, that was it. <laughs> we had to hide from them. But yeah, so we've all, you would have all role-played in yes. some form, mm. even though it yeah. might have been I as think a it's, child. It's and, probably yeah. more intimidating to join an established group. Um, I don't know how Aaron felt about it. When I first joined it well, in your group, I was sitting there going, well, I, yeah. I actually remember the very first question. I still remember it, and it's it's almost embarrassing now, so I'm going to tell it. Okay. Um, I, we were doing a modern day, and I was playing a FBI agent, I believe, and you asked me what my character looked like. Nowadays, I'd go, right, I've got this hair, I look like this. Yeah. They, and I didn't know what the hell to say, so I sat there for about three or four minutes with everybody staring at me going, what's he look like? <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I went, uh, 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 Tom Cruise. Because it was the only <laughs> thing I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to know what the screensaver in your brain is. It's yeah. just a happy dancing Tom Cruise vest. It was, yeah. Which, very silly, but at the time it was... Yeah. Oh, no, that, that's another thing. Uh, it might feel intimidating because you, you're thinking... It's a role-playing game. You've got to play a role. That's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. I've got to make up a person. Yes. Yeah. I've got to be a whole new person. You know, I'm, I'm human. I barely know how to be myself. <laughs> Who am I from day to day? Yeah. Am I with my mother? Am I with my girlfriend? Which version of me am I? I've gone a bit too far into that. One. Yeah, a little bit. Whoa, we, we, we looking all, glass self and persona. We all wear masks. Oh, <laughs> God. Sorry, it's so cheesy. Yeah. Um, everything I say is ironic. That Apart from yeah. the bits that aren't. <laughs> um, yes, um, but actually basing your character around an existing character. So if you're playing a fantasy role-playing game, so it's a fantasy setting going, I want to be a barbarian, I want to be Conan. Yeah. And then maybe someone can help guide you through making a barbarian. Yeah. Um, if you're playing a modern day setting like that and it was FBI going, oh, I want to be like Mulder, I want to be like Scully. Yeah. I want to be like Agent Crycheck, who is mildly obscure. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Crycheck, well he was, uh, he was a spy. Yeah, you can have spoilers for 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a spy. Why well, I don't want spoilers for 20 years ago. I'm he like... was like, he was like their little apprentice and then he betrayed them. And then he got infected with it. Okay, oh, I'm getting yeah, to it. Yeah, no. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Never watched X-Files. Yeah. So. You missed out. Was good. Um, but, um, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Pre-existing characters you might work be, nicely. Yeah. But you do want to try, because it makes it more interesting for yourself, yes. to add different quirks to. So yes. use Conan as your template, and then try and find something that Conan wouldn't do that you want to bring into your character. Yeah, so you give him a little twist. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you can play with it a little bit. 
But yeah, yeah if you're nervous about it, definitely. Yeah, base it off something, and then just allow that character to develop. Yes. Um, no characters should stay exactly the same. If you're playing a long-form game, your characters should, like a normal person, develop based on the experiences they had. Well, of course, yeah. So you might start off playing uh, the idealistic young thing who's picked up a sword to fight evil, who becomes the gnarled, cynical warrior um, who doesn't even ask for your name until he's known you for a year because you'll probably die Yeah, because yeah. lots of people died or you could be the cynical battle-hardened warrior who adopts the orphan child from the village you come to and learns to love again yeah cheers for that one <laughs> not on that quote but I had a character who started off as a if we're putting it in um, damn what's it called <laughs> <laughs> just did that a character yeah neutral good stuff what's that called yeah yeah, alignment. alignment. Yeah, if we're talking about alignment, I um, I started with a, I'd say a neutral good character who was so good for the sake of because they're a good person. Yeah, neutral. I didn't particularly have any alignment to. Uh, you wouldn't. You're not deliberately against law and order, but you're. Yeah. Oh, you're okay with it, but if it needs to be broken, you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Fair I enough. played a kind of an, an artful dodger character who was working as a guide at the time for the Inquisition because oh. it was it was a paycheck. By the end of the campaign, I was playing, I'd say, a lawful evil inquisitor, <laughs> the same person who had who had found religion and decided that everybody who didn't needed to die. But this was over yeah. the course of months, and oh, there were reasons. Six for, months. Yeah, there was there were reasons for that character. Yeah, he yeah. broke me. Changing broke me slowly, <laughs> slowly, yeah. and, um, and that's the way the GM can have fun. You don't need to kill the party; you just need to ruin yeah. it mentally. Now yeah. we talked before. Last time we talked about role play, so I don't want to get too much into it. No. Yeah. We talked about player conflict, conflict yeah. between players. Oh, I don't like you. I hit you with a stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, something that should be discussed and managed beforehand. And we yes. always had the rule that um, it should be something... If you're you're in the same group, you're part of the same social group. Yeah. So even if your particular characters don't get on and are opposed on things, you wouldn't just murder each other. No. Because no. um, that's not how society works. No. And we always had, if the group did end up splitting for character reasons in the story, because I tend to run quite story-based games, because that's how I play. Yeah. Um, you you go with the majority and everyone's happy. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So just you know, just some little a little thought about that because it can be tempting, especially when you're a new player and you've never done anything. Because you could do anything in a role play game. Yes. yes. You are you're having an audience with a king, Aaron. Okay. Uh, your character uh, prance a lot. <laughs> um, is uh, is waiting. Okay. Stoically. Stoically. What do you do? He um, starts flirting with uh, another nearby knight. Excellent. So, Aaron could have done anything there, um, (laughs) and he chose the sexy angle. Excellent. Uh, But he could have gone, I'm bored of waiting, I'm going to cut my way through to the king and tell him what for. Yeah. At which point, you kind of need to roll with it as uh, as a DM. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I will say, any plan that you make as a a, uh, running the game, (laughs) your players will find ways to mess with them. It can be... Every time. Players quite often when they're very new to a game, will try crazy things. Yeah, That I tend, quickly wears off. I tend to yeah. find, and I might be wrong here, so feel free to disagree, but I tend to find with the newer players, most um, 
problem, uh, most, uh, most solutions newer players tend to find involve violence. Yes. I'll just hit it and, and, yeah, and yeah, hope it all works out. Especially yeah. if you're playing something like Dungeons and Dragons, which yeah, is combat based. And you're saying, I'm going to be Conan, what does Conan do? He hits things he hits really things. well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hit the king because, uh, 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 oh, oh yeah. that isn't I, I, I tried to pickpocket the king the first time I ever played a role play game. Yeah, nice. It's like, you've met the, met the king, you've all done heroic things before. We've got an audience with the king, and the idea of the king was to go, Ah, oh, you brave heroes, we have a problem, I need you to solve them. Our king was our quest hub. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we were well important. And yeah, I tried to pickpocket him. Yeah. And I got caught. Oh. Um, and then I tried to sort of laugh it off, and I failed miserably. Um, and I was Mark of Justice, <laughs> which is a horrible thing in D&D, in, in, which basically binds you not to do evil. Yeah. Um, which is quite a harsh lesson, but I didn't just get killed. Yeah, well, the, the I, thing I is, you, to... you say that, um, and you say that, oh, that was as a new player, and what a silly mistake I made, I made um, with that post-apocalyptic fantasy setting that you ran um, yep. in the first session we were supposed to play on this side of the Inquisition. <laughs> By the end of the first session, our party had punched one of the, the High Lord Inquisitor yep. and were banished from the city. So our urban campaign game, <laughs> bear in mind I was playing a goddamn urban ranger, was banished from the city into the wasteland. So it's not something that uh, just new players make. Mm, yes. I remember um, one of the early stories you told me <coughs> was about setting up... Um, a lot of things like for your twenty the twenty four hour charity campaign you, you yeah. run occasionally. Um every year. Every year. Yeah. Um whether I want to or not. <laughs> <laughs> um and you set up for them to um investigate something um away. There was a big war going on and all the characters were being Oh, started. this wasn't for the twenty four hour one. Oh, it wasn't, yes. was it? Yeah. yeah. Was sort of, so all, all the characters were being met in these, this training ground, but they then go off and you planned it for them to go they, off yeah, and they investigate were... something else in that they'd been called off as like yeah. spies yeah unfortunately the group decided that well rolled very well and decided that they were incredibly good at archery and all the things that were warping so decided to go off and join the war yes Which you hadn't planned for it I had a war going on in the background yeah that was going to escalate and encompass the players that was going off far to the north um, it was the same country but it was kind of the equivalent of um, being told to go to the Isle of Wight and then you wander off Scotland it was a bit like have, yeah, having uh, the Irish wars, but you're in um, the very north of Scotland. Yeah. So it's a different culture, Scotland and yeah. an island and England in between. Um, and it's a long way away from you. Yes. But they decided they wanted to go. Now, I could have, as DM, gone, no, they won't take you. Yeah. Instead, I thought, well, they're going to have to prove it. They all look like young whippersnappers. They're all young. young eager. Yeah, 15 to 18-year-old uh, first time out the village uh, adventurers yeah. um, so I said right yeah you can try and sign up because they were mustering men to go off uh, to the to the fight um, got them to, to perform a trial of a combat trial yeah. and they all aced it the dice <laughs> were just with them and they were rolling great dice so everyone assumed that they were amazing so they got brought in as the hunters and uh, scouts because the <laughs> they won by they, they got in by Archery. Using archery, so oh, I was yeah, thinking, it, yeah. okay, yeah, well, light yeah. skirmish troops. What that then allowed as well is that because they were scouting, they would then encounter the enemy first. So they were scouting down the road, and an enemy patrol would appear. They have to deal with it. Yeah. If you're just marching along in a column of soldiers, you do what you what yeah, you're so. told. 
Um, I've been an adventurer, which well, it depends on your group. Yeah. They might might enjoy that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's difficult to run though if you're going. You're, not, you're you're five people in a army column of yeah. a thousand yeah. soldiers. That's a very difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some styles of role play game verge on the super heroic. Yeah, uh, high level Dungeons and Dragons. There are superhero games out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's games like Feng Shui, Feng Shui. Oh yeah, uh, which I have at home, which we will be playing at some point. Where you're basically playing in a um, Hong Kong action movie, yeah. So you can run up a stream of bullets and kick the guy with a gun in the face if you're good enough. Yeah, yeah. You also have very gritty games like we play World of Darkness. Yeah, we play Mutant. Yeah. Mutant, you get stabbed, it goes septic, and you die. Yes, um, <laughs> it's very, very. Uh, we need to cross this river. Different. And oh, three of us are drowned. But again, yeah, yeah. Yeah, different groups will find different games that appeal to them, and yeah. you know, it's worth trying different things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, but... don't necessarily pin yourself down a route like, well, I like fantasy mm. stuff, so I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons. Try the others as well, because you'll be surprised about what you actually find you enjoy as a group. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's... And the thing is, if you enjoy the storytelling, you can play Dungeons and Dragons and put more emphasis on storytelling. If yeah. you like the combat, you could play a different system because you like the setting, but bring in some of the combat rules. Yeah. The great thing about a role-playing game is that there isn't a computer there or there isn't someone a, a rule book or, or anything telling you what you can and can't do if you don't like a rule you can chop it out yeah um the concept of house rules is alive and well yes. in role-playing yes. world yes. Uh, so we always used to have a house rule for dungeons and dragons for instance if you rolled a 20 on the 20 sided dice the highest you could roll um not only did you get to um add that number to what you were doing you also got to roll another d6 and add it on a six-sided dice yeah so you could get some really really high numbers yeah you could get six more than you would normally even be physically capable of yeah um could we even go if you rolled a six if you rolled that again uh not that i know sometimes we might have done yeah, so i don't remember we used yeah. to, we did that system path on as well yeah. we did have the yes. if you rolled yeah. a 20 followed by another 20 to confirm the, the critical say that the in combat and then you rolled another 20 another 20 then you instantly killed whatever you were hitting. yeah which yeah. was a suggested rule from yes. uh, 3.5 dungeons and dragons yeah. but i went yeah i like that because that adds some unpredictability yeah um and the other thing is as a dm i've lost count the number of times i've rolled three twenties in a row never killed a player instantly that way i have done it three times and yeah. i have again never killed a player yeah. I, I smile to myself, have a chuckle, and then maim them in some interesting character-based way. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, but I always do max damage. Yeah. I look at whatever damage that that character is capable of, and yeah. then go, it's just done max damage, and yeah. maybe screwed that person over. Yeah. And again, some DMs will roll their dice in front of the group, and I do that sometimes with you lot, where I'll go, right, if I get three successes on this, Aaron's dead. Yeah. Well, Aaron's character is dead, yeah. we don't actually kill Aaron. Uh, who would drive us here? Uh, <laughs> so we roll, uh, you know, I'll roll it in front of you for some tension. Yeah. Uh, that can be quite good. But most of the time, I'll roll the dice behind the screen and I'm in control. I'm running the story. If I think it's cool to follow what the dice do, um, that's fine. But if I think actually that's a hideous freak result or that's really dull, yeah, I can edit it, I can change it, I can do yes. as yes. I wish. Yes, um, it, it depends on what you're doing at the time. Um, Probably the best example is when we our mutant settlement got attacked and you rolled the dice in front of us. That was very tense because we're sitting there and going, although we were involved, it was, we'd only made the plans 
for the defence of our settlement, so we weren't actually actively engaged in, in the fight itself. So you're yeah. rolling the dice at us and basically choosing our fate was was quite horrific. Yeah, I was yeah. explaining what each dice roll meant. Yes, yes. they approach yeah, here, yeah. roll the dice. But it, but it was what, it was good to see. What I liked was the player that I referred to as being <sighs> the, the most combat based, the one who's more into the rules yeah. and getting the best character. When I said, who wants to roll the dice for the settlement, he yeah. grabbed the dice, everyone agreed, yeah, and he proceeded to re- well. roll we, we, the yes. worst set of dice I've ever seen oh, him roll. Yeah, it was one, absolutely one, stunning. One, 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 we're oh, still we're recovering from that. The settlement essentially fell. Yeah. It more than fell. It, it, was, it was I liked it. It wasn't a fight. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They got out the walls... They hit the explosives. And I then used that as a scene to drive the plot. Yeah, which way we brought we were. But it was really cool because then when you rolled the dice, uh, we all sat there going, fingers crossed, please don't roll. Yes, yeah. and, and it was, which feels <coughs> like you can see the cat like if it was a. Oh, I'm imagining as a cannonball for some reason. Um, like a cannonball coming towards it as, as a character, you're sitting yeah. there going, please don't hit the, please don't hit the explosives, please don't hit anything important. Like, yeah. yeah, like you would do in the adrenaline's probably yeah. feel like slow. And that's the works. thing. Yeah, that's the thing is that the dice can be really good to slow down, to create tension, to create atmosphere, to yeah. resolve conflict. They can also get in the way. Yes. If there is nothing there for the group to see, and they all want to roll a dice to a spot check, for instance. Yeah. That's going to slow the game down. Yeah. Sometimes you'll want them to do it knowing that there's nothing there. And one of them goes, I've rolled a 47. So I've rolled a 20 and a 6 and another 6. And you go, you see nothing. Well, and they go, oh, they must be invisible. <laughs> well, this yeah. is almost where the metagaming comes in. Yes. Because you, if I tell, if you roll a really bad dice to spot something and you roll a, a, the worst possible result you can get and I say you don't see anything... You then need to take that as your character doesn't know, yeah. but they don't know they don't know anything yes. because that's just there in the moment. Yeah. yeah. You also get. Um, I remember circum- uh, circumstances where we've had, you know, a character's gone well, you know, the ranger goes and has a look because he's <coughs> the best spotter. Oh, he's rolled a one, and therefore failed miserably. He can't see anything. Instead of the rest of the group going, "All right, the ranger can't see anything. Therefore, there's nothing there." Everyone's gone. I'll now roll to check because we know he's rolled a one. Yeah. Which... Whereas if you're staying in character, you should go, oh, well, he hasn't seen anything, but he's the ranger, well, therefore. Yeah. It's, I say, this is probably where probably all the golden rules should come into it. And also, as long as they're playing fairly, you should probably trust your GM in what they're doing. Yes. Your DM's word is final. Yes. yes. Not yeah. always in some games, in that if you've got not got a DM, then you've got to work that out. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Most things have a. Some cut by the ball, whether it's but, the active player or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But the, the DM, you know, is going to want you to progress in the story. He's going to want interesting <laughs> things to happen yeah. for you. So, yeah. if, for example, in that one, the ranger goes and looks, spots and rolls critical, you know, critical miss. DM might describe them falling down the side of a hill when they're trying to pit, have a peek over because they yeah. want you to look over the hill. Yeah, there's yeah. a hint. You might completely miss that. Yeah, like, they might be frustrated, but you know, they'll hint at something. If they just go, no, you don't see anything, then you take that as. Oh well, well, they didn't see anything. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, you, you trust in again. This is a dynamic yeah. you'll get to learn to use to, but trust what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. As, again, and advice to the DMs: as long as you're playing it, so you want your players to actually yeah. do it, so they they're enjoying it. Yeah, don't I mean, be mean. Got to trust your DM. If they tell you that you can't see anything and you roll forty-seven, either you de- there's definitely nothing there, or 
they know that actually you need a 50 to spot a halfling in a barrel with invisibility cast on it with yeah, a yeah. bag on its head, uh, <laughs> whatever it might be. You have to have that trust. Now, as a DM, you need to not abuse that trust yes. by murdering the players willy-nilly and ruining their fun or... Yeah. Um, yes, taking their toys away without reason. This is this yeah, take is their the toys example. away, but have a reason. What might actually be quite good advice, especially early on, if you're new to a group or you're a new group playing stuff, is perhaps do after game talks to yes. see what people got on with, whether yeah. there were anything they were really unhappy with or really enjoyed, and you can tweak yeah. and play. Yeah, that's there. a really good idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, you did that for because I normally give you a lift home afterwards especially in the early days like okay what did you think of that yeah I, I, chat, that I, I didn't know what your style was I yes. can play with Colin and I know if I put something a little bit odd and a little bit quirky and let him play his character he's fine yeah I know for the, the power game I need to put a hard challenge in every session so yes. that he feels he's had something that he's had to work to be yes but I didn't know you so no. I tried to so you out yeah which made perfect sense it allowed me to go oh I quite enjoyed that yeah. or I wasn't happy with that and it also allowed me to kind of hear <laughs> yeah, the defence for things that I might not have been sure about and go, oh, okay, actually, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's why that happened. Yeah. Uh, one thing we used to do, we don't do it now because I don't feel we necessarily need it, but one thing we used to do in the earlier days was at the end of the session, I would say, right, everybody, all the players, nominate one of the other players as role-playing, as being the best oh, role-player yeah. for each session and write down why. Okay. And what this does is it helps to reinforce the good behaviour and lets you express what you liked about what other people were doing because yeah. if you're in the moment your barbarian might be going I want to kill you I want to kill you but actually inside you're going this is so cool I really like what you did Yeah. Um, so it lets you kind of get out of character and give each other some feedback and yeah. I used to give a little reward a little in-game reward uh, in this case experience points because that was yeah there was also in role play ticks for good role play <clears throat> Yes, and I used oh, to... Oh, yes, yeah, I do remember them. Yeah, yeah I used to give ticks. So if someone role-played really well if they did something particularly in character that maybe damaged their character but was in their character's nature. Um, if they did something particularly cool yeah. or uh, suiting the mood of the game, then again, yeah, a little, a little XP bonus. Just And that as DM, it helped me guide the players into the kind of actions that yeah. I wanted them to yeah. do. As, as a player, it helped put you deeper into your character yeah. because you want those ticks because should I bring them back I did enjoy those I I'll bring the so, ticks yeah. back because yeah, I did well. enjoy those ticks because <laughs> at one point my character was a level higher than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> that is the problem you see because as a storytelling player I naturally am more inclined to reward story to other storytelling players doing that kind of thing yeah, yeah so however, because you're the storytelling <coughs> GM it makes a lot of sense for you to reward that because yeah. that's what we're expecting from you because we're yeah, kind of used yeah. to you doing I mean, that. So we want the story as such. We yeah. might like, like you said, I mean, like with you, and I quite like it sometimes when I get the per like, I'll do a silly thing with try to scare people and it goes ballistic and get, oh, look, I made them all scary because I look like I pretended to turn wolf and then I actually turned into a wolf. Cool. Yeah. Because I quite like that sometimes. But, I mean, for people. I feel more I feel more engaged and I feel like I've done better if I've done something in character that I say God, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean I would say for people thinking about some kind of reward for people role playing well, actually it can work quite well if you're a fairly new group and or you're quite combat heavy at the moment and you want to go deeper into kind of story mode then that's a good way to start. Yeah, actually. Because yeah. what you can what you can because it's not just you don't just get role play ticks for 
saying things in character. Um, for example, our friend um, on a game I was running decided he was there was a, pi- a fight in a pub. He was on the second floor. He decided to jump off the second floor onto the chandelier, cut up, cut the rope holding the chandelier up, yeah. and send it plunging into the ground with him with it. And then he wanted to roll at the bottom straight into in straight into the fight. Yeah, and that was a really cool thing. And so. The dice roll was quite difficult, and I made up what he needed to roll. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It succeeded, and I gave him a tick, because it was a really cool idea. Because what he could have done is gone, I moved my 30 foot down the stairs into the fight. Instead, he went, fuck it, I'm just going to throw myself yeah. subscribe because something and for the Crimson Pirate. This that is, this cool. is yeah. something else that you can do. Um, it's not a case of the DM describing everything that happens. Yes. As a player, you can describe your action by saying, I attack him with my longsword. Or you say, I'm going to block his blow, try and get him under his guard and hamstring the bastard. Yeah, yeah I like that. As a... Now that, it's the same dice roll, yeah. but it gives the DM something to spin off of. Yeah, because it makes failing those quite... I have to admit, I always just look forward to ruining those rolls more than they did succeeding in them, because you run off that. Yeah, you'd spin off yeah. of it, and you glance off the arm. The burden of creativity is not just the DMs, although they're creating the world, and but yeah, describing your actions, describing even giving a little bit of your character's thought process, like that guy, that guy stole my stole my purse. I'm I'm going to kill him first. Yeah. Um. Or that's the man that climbed out of my mother's window when I was seven I don't like him uh, whatever it might be you know you'll have a reason giving even just giving a little glimpse of your thought process yeah. helps me as a DM and helps me as a fellow player imagine how your character's going about it yeah. but if you're saying I hate that guy I, I can imagine your character he's not just sort of charging him methodically he's probably swinging his sword wildly and screaming something yeah. I mean that can I can really help with, <coughs> a with the players immense uh, immerse themselves into their yes. characters. But it could also be used by the DM to scare the shit out of players <laughs> when you've got an enemy standing there with a great big tower shield on one hand and a broadsword on the other, and these kind of glaring at you. And the first player runs in and goes, "Right, I, I swing my sword." When you describe that, you swing your sword. And it clatters harmlessly off off his tower shield. In fact, you almost fall over from the impact. Yeah. But yeah. he barely even budges. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're going, "Oh, bollocks! Yes. This guy's going to be." So oh. you're not saying this. Oh no, you missed. The character has a much higher armor class. That's yeah. dull. Trying to turn the mechanics into imagine how you would describe it in a novel. Yeah. Yes. Or yeah. How it would play out in a film. How you would describe that playing out in a film. Yeah. Is the best way I found. I had one moment where um, there was a, an orc chieftain. Yeah, there's a lot of orcs going on. Is that racist? <laughs> no, at the moment, no. Orcs, um, orc chieftain is not racist. However, what orc you chieftain at the uh, at the head of a, a band of warriors, and the players got initiative, and the biggest, hardest, toughest player um, player character uh, who was a barbarian. He was a half orc barbarian. Charged into him, got angry, which makes him do even more damage. Yeah. Yeah. Hit him as hard as he can and rolled a critical hit with a great axe. Yeah. Now the great axe rolls the biggest dice in Dungeons and Dragons. It does. And if you roll a critical hit, you roll three of them. And all that extra bonus damage from being really wound up gets tripled as well. And you're yeah. ending up you, you can you can kill things really easily. Now at the level they were at, they all had about 50 hit points which means they needed to take 50 hit points of damage to pass out of the fight yeah 
This character ran up to the Orc Chieftain, hit him, and did 88 points of damage. It's the most damage anyone had ever done. It was 88? It was 87. Oh, Sorry, it's a multiple three. People, yeah. Um, yeah, enough to kill two people all the way over. And I said, yeah, you run in. Um, and you've surprised him. Um, you're so quick, you jump in before he can even get his, uh, his own great axe drawn. And you chop into the side of his face, and the bottom half of his jaw is ripped off. <laughs> and he's hanging there, spewing blood, and teeth clatter across the dungeon floor. <laughs> and he wobbles, looks at you, and then begins to laugh as blood bubbles out <laughs> of his ruined mouth. And the character that did that went, <laughs> and ran away. Because <laughs> they were so scared that this thing was just so hard. Yeah. And I didn't have to mention its hit points, or its no, armor class, no. or anything like that at any point in the description. Yeah. It was all... Visual, yeah, because you <coughs> you can get quite bogged down in the combat with the numbers and the dice rolls and yes. things like that in the combat heavy. And sometimes, if you've got a big combat and there's a lot going on, for the sake of pace, you want to get yes. through some of it. Yes, you don't want to describe every single blow when you've been yeah. doing the same fight for the last fifteen minutes with six yeah. people involved. Yes, but if something tedious, something spectacular happens or anything yeah. like that, yeah. yeah, those descriptions help stop that being tedious. Yeah, um, you're you're going a combat because normally most combats revolve around players taking turns to do their actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you break out kind of like the the game time, which could be real time. Yeah, it could be slowed down. Yeah, it could be three years later and you jump forward. Yeah, you know, sort of narrative time, generally into sort of three, six, or ten second bursts where your character is saying what they're doing. Yeah, and then you're rolling your dice. So, um. When it's your turn, it's your moment in the spotlight. Say something interesting. Do something interesting. I always find, as a DM, interesting characters somehow seem to survive longer in my games. <laughs> Colin's, Colin's thinking back to all my campaigns. I now. am thinking back yeah. and going, I die a lot. That's normally because I stand it's there going... Yeah, it's because you choose terrible things because they're more entertaining. You, you take a storytelling thing and you go, no, I'm not backing down even though you know you're going to die if you're yeah. out of character. For yeah. Instance. But um, yes, yes, you are You are correct. The more interesting characters do tend to live longer in your yeah. games rather than the, I'm a knight, so I hit things. <laughs> they don't tend to last as yeah. long as, I'm a wizard, but I'm not yeah. actually a wizard, I'm a... And part of that is just having that think about, you know, before you get started is to say, I want to play this kind of character. I'm going to be like this. Yeah. yeah. And I, I always liked either trying to sum up the character in a sentence. So the character I'm about to play for 5th edition D&D is, I mean, their class is they're a tiefling warlock. Yeah. So they're a de demonic creature that uses demon magic. Yay. Yeah. Double demons. Doubling down on the demonic <laughs> oh god <yeah. laughs> um, but my concept for the character in my mind is that he is a street kid who will let nothing get in the way of his dream of becoming an airship captain <laughs> so yeah. I know where he's from yeah. what motivates him yeah. and exactly what he's willing to do which in his case can be anything yeah yeah I'll drown babies it's <laughs> fine out of context that's hilarious yes um, that needs to be clipped into it so that's going to be the preview for next week um, and that's that's enough for me to get going one thing we used to do was we would think okay we're playing Dungeons and Dragons you're playing heroes yeah pick two positive traits for your character so it might be that they are 
uh, they're brave or they're loyal or they're steadfast or they're honourable or they never back down from a fight or whatever it might be and one bad thing yes yes because so none of us are perfect all of us have a mixture of good and bad and probably if you're a hero you're more good than bad yes Uh, if you're a bad guy I used to build my bad guy characters by thinking what the two they're two horrible traits and one good one yeah so I had in one game where the antagonist their low level antagonist that they were sort of fighting against when they were quite weak uh, came back when they were much more powerful wasn't really much of a threat anymore but he needed a job doing yeah and he may have been absolute he ran a a school uh, of assassins the reason he ran the school of assassins was he never broke his word he was absolutely if he said he was killing someone you could trust you give him the money that person would die yeah um, if he said that he would leave you alone he would never take a contract to kill you no matter how much money he was given hmm. so when he came to them and said I need you to do this and it was actually something he was in conflict with another bad force they knew they could trust him yeah and they yeah. had a grudging respect for him because he had that positive um, that yes. positive characteristic as well as the negative characteristic yeah no, that's worked. So yeah, it's a nice good. way of just trying to flesh yeah. out your uh, your characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, for instance, the character of Jahamid in Mutant Year Zero, yeah. you all absolutely hated. Yes. But he had his reasons for doing everything that he did. Yeah. And without him, your arc has suffered massively. Yes. Um, out of character, <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. He just went, he had a survival of the fittest we need to be tough because everything is horrible out there yeah. and unfortunately that made him callous to other people yeah. which brought him into conflict with you but when you started coming into conflict with other things from the zone you realised oh actually we might have needed someone like that actually yeah. that's where my character's very much going to head yeah because he realised that actually some of Jahamid's ideas weren't necessarily about good idea. example actually Scar is a character that's massively changed in the yes. year since you started playing him yes he went from a well. He he started off as I don't really know what's going outside the workshop. Yeah, because yeah. I just sit and think of stuff. I didn't even know slavery existed. I knew there was uh, what we refer to as indentured servitude. Um, so you pay, you gave away your freedom in return. You worked, but you were fed. Yeah, I knew that existed. I didn't re- even realise it become full blown slavery. Then I moved on to actually wanting to free the people of the Ark and install democracy, which I had learned of, and yeah, these we, things called committees, where people would sit round yeah, in circles. A, a group who embraced like corporate bureaucracy yes. to, to, to a T, but you could kind of see democracy in yeah, and way. Everybody got so, a vote, and it all seemed marvellous, and then when that failed, I turned to violence, and then, but going, right, I will be violent and I will lead people, but I will give my people a choice, but I will lead them, and I will have the final say. So you became a fascist. You yeah. took the cream of society and said, you are better, we are better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite... Which and is, then, yeah. from there, where <laughs> I was going was, no, people are too stupid to get their own choice, because they keep choosing the wrong things, and so, therefore I'll tell them what yeah, to do. Yeah, because every time you, you yeah. are wrong for democracy and all these nice things, like you can have all great things, and then they go off and do something yeah. different because so, they weren't ever scared. Without yeah. planning it, you followed that revolutionary's path to dictatorship. Yes. Yeah. 
which I don't think you you did think about. No, it just I, happened as you. No, I, yeah. I when I genuinely wanted to free the slaves, and, and by the end of it, I probably would have reinstated <laughs> slavery. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of different approaches to character, and you've got this idea. I mean, I look quite like to. I like to play a character from a different viewpoint to mine. Yes. Well, yeah. pick a very different viewpoint and run with it. Yes. Almost as a way of testing out that viewpoint. What does it like? How yeah. it react to things? Sometimes there's some sort of wish fulfillment kind of things. I'd love to be a half demon thing that could blast into the demon energy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. in there. I'd really um, like not to be a tiny five foot seven coward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you might, you might, people might like that side of things. Yeah. People might like the idea of throwing themselves into weird situations and just thinking and being as themselves. Yeah. Um, and again, there's no right or wrong way of doing that. No. Um, but yeah, it's quite interesting. I like seeing characters develop over yeah. uh, over time, seeing them react and change, um, whether it's from things that happen to them or physical injuries yeah. or um, even characters getting responsibility in the game. So I mentioned the idea. I threw, but I didn't throw because that'd be horrible for me. Um, <laughs> but the group... Um, in one game they encountered an orphan child yeah um, as I mentioned earlier in the siege of a city who basically he had nothing so we're like okay here's here's some money they get some food and he's like cheers <laughs> alright yeah knowing right. that he'd be scammed for all of that money for one day's food because he's got he's got nothing and one of the characters went no he's, he's going to get eaten up out there come with us yeah. And he ended up being a, ma- a character in the game for over a span of years, became an adult, yeah, um, and was the squire to one of the other characters. Oh, that's cool. And then became yeah. a character in his own right when someone else came and joined in and <clears throat> took him over kind of thing. So yeah. you've got, and the idea of having this person that they needed to look after uh, for a group of 20-something men with no children was actually quite interesting <laughs> to see how you reacted to that. Yeah, yes. you know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You can, like you said, take on stuff that you wouldn't normally think or act yeah. or do like. So you can try almost to understand why people would be like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's only going to run as well as your empathy and understanding of those things go. But you can, if you get into character, it's a nice way of exploring. Yeah, like any exercise in storytelling, pretending, getting into someone else's viewpoint, it can help to increase your empathy and yes. your understanding of other people and yeah. how they might think. Yeah, that's quite noble, isn't it? Yeah, that is. might be a good place to. This is uh, where I ruin up. it for everybody. Where I get my favourite characters are always the bad ones. <laughs> yes, you do like playing evil, yeah. terrible people. Yeah, generally. because. But for the right reasons, they just lose their way. <laughs> I always find bad guys more interesting because they Why tend to be they? a bit more well-rounded. Yeah, yes. because there's good a guys reason. tend to be something. Went I'm wrong. going to do everything right, and you know, not nobody works like yeah, that. Yeah, paladins are boring. It's the fallen paladin that's the interesting one. Yes. You know, right. why, why did he fall? Yes. What went seriously wrong in his life that made him? Then it goes his way. That's Brian's advice about two good things, one bad thing for a good character. Yeah, so give them them a weakness, give them something. It makes it real, it gives you, again, an easy footing for becoming that character. Whether they're intolerant of other views or whether they. um, Racist. They're incredibly arrogant. Or whether they are. um, They don't like sharing. Yeah. They're a wonderful person and they'll help you out, but then you're on your own. 
Yeah, they might want paying. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yeah, my mind jabber character is not me at all. It's a space capitalist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very yeah. much. Probably. It's been quite interesting trying yeah. to explore that. Where's the profit in this? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost his catchphrase at the minute. Yes. Yeah. 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 Show me the money. I may start shouting that on Friday. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Do you want me to sum up, or do you guys want to sum up? No, no, sum up. You sum up, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to get yourself started in the role-playing hobby, hopefully we haven't put you off and we've got you interested. Uh, I found it quite a richly rewarding hobby. Yeah. Um, most of my closest friends I role-play with or have role-played with. Oh. Um, I feel... <laughs> um, well, I feel I, I know them better from doing it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to see how people re- react and think and kind of things they're interested in and they want to explore and do yeah. in this world of infinite possibility. Yeah. Um, you just need to gather some hopefully like-minded people or find some people that are already playing. Um, just make sure that you have a little chat about what you're doing and what you hope to get out of it and how you want to play things. Yeah. Uh, make sure you let the DM have the final word. Yeah. And make sure if you are the DM that you use that power responsibly and everyone has the... Uh, <laughs> has the goal of having fun. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. telling stories is great. Yeah. yeah. And we're all immersed in stories. We'll watch TV, we watch films, yeah. we might read books. Yeah. Uh, comics. So I've always played games. Role playing to like the old campfire horror story tales almost. You know, you're all sitting around yeah. and all kind of telling this similar story and developing and building it. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's, yeah, again, it's a, it's a really good community building thing. Yes. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. It is a thing. That was a really rubbish um, exercise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, excellent. Hopefully, we've piqued your interest if you're not already a player. And if you are already playing or running role play, hopefully, some of the things we've mentioned have chimed with you, maybe given you a new perspective on what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know it has for me because I completely got rid of the idea of those little role play reward ticks. Yes. Didn't yeah. realise they were so missed. I, I'm going to bring them back next time I run. Definitely. Them, I, I, I have a different them, yeah. I have a different method in mind for them, but Ooh, yeah. um, it will be it will definitely be um, to reward good role play. And then maybe to punish bad role play. <gasps> that that's much more subjective. That might get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> but if you've got any questions, if you'd like to have a chat with us, if you'd like to um, pick our brains on anything or if you're trying to get a game started yeah. and you're having trouble give us a, give us a bell you can yeah. comment on um, on our YouTube you can comment on our SoundCloud uh, you can find our Twitter um, which is at critical, critical underscore twits uh, you can tweet directly to me at at the Brian Ennis you can tweet to Aaron at Aaron Ravinsky with a W uh, yes <laughs> There's a link on both YouTube and yes. SoundCloud. Don't and Colin is a silent man, a ghost, a mirage in the fog. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not even real. I'm just Aaron doing this. We voice. still haven't linked your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> You're all, we're all Aaron doing a silly voice. Yes, yes, we are. God, I'm not even my own. Person. I'm not the real person. I'm someone else. I'm my imaginary friends, imaginary friend. To be fair, Aaron is a great, <laughs> great role player considering he does three different people's voices yeah. and three different yes. personalities. So if you want to hire me for voiceover work, contact me. Yes. <laughs> and um, thank you for listening. I've been Brian Ennis. And I've been Aaron Ravinsky. And I've been Colin Howard. And if you want to see some of these tips hopefully put into action and see us practicing or hear us practicing what we preach, uh, our next episode will be a playthrough of Fiasco. So we hope you tune in then. Cool. Until then, thank you very much. Bye. 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 Bye.